1: Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today, as we take a look at the role of fathers and the desperate need for good ones. The ministry of Valley Bible Church, right here in Hercules, this is Truth For Today. Our series simply called, God is enough, and indeed He is for any and all aspect and element of our life. Today, we focus in on what godly fathers will look like, why we need them so desperately, and what kind of impact they should be having on our children. Please join us for a look at godly fathers specifically. With
2: today's broadcast of Truth For Today,
1: here's Pastor Phil Howard.
2: We're going to look at three things about a godly father that I challenge you men. I don't want to bash you, I want to challenge you. Men today are pressured, as I was uh, reading material on the Industrial Revolution. For years, a boy grew up around his dad uh, on the farm. Many times it was... The pattern for years up to the 1800s that if your dad was a cobbler, you learned to be a cobbler. If your dad was a farmer, you, le- you learned to do what your father did and you fell right in step. The family farm, the family business, all of that. Something happened in the Industrial Revolution. When we started building factories, uh, people had to leave their home to go to work. And if you saw any of the Roosevelt special, and you see Teddy Roosevelt trying to pass child labor laws where you cannot work a child 12 to 14 hours a day for less than 50 cents an hour. And and he campaigned for that. But imagine, in that revolution, you leave the farm, they start moving to the cities. And in that, dad would leave many times before the family ever got up. So he goes to work, he comes home at night after dinner many times, if he got in at 7, 6.30, and he comes home with some hungry, maybe tired children, and so he had little time. There was no recreation, no vacations. Uh, our family knew hardly anything about vacations because my father was in construction work and if you took off, there was not a paid vacation. Never heard of it. No such thing as a paid. You take off, you pay for it, you lose your wages. So, as a whole, work right on through the summer. There's none of this the annual vacation. You work, you work, you work. So, in the midst of that, we not only have the men leaving the home. And mom was at home until after World War II. And even during World War II, the shipyards... For sure, magnetized women to go to the workplace. We needed their help. And so they started a trend that is with us to this day that the majority of American homes, if they have a dad and a mom, both work, work at least 40 hours a week. What's interesting, uh, I've traveled to some other countries. For instance, Germany. They have all kinds of holidays. Holidays vacations, holidays. In America, believe it or not, people are working longer. They have said median income has not gone up. It it has not kept up with inflation. So wages are not much greater, but demands are much greater. We we expect you... uh, I know a man that, uh, uh, as a lawyer, a very successful lawyer, was being beaten out by the young bloods coming into the company. Why? Because he was going home at 7 in the evening, had three sons. And when he was younger, you'd come there. He said many times, lawyers. He was in New York City. They would stay all night. Okay. All right. And so that when the young bloods came up, he started looking bad because he wanted to get home by 7. Isn't that terrible? He's been there since 6, 630. You stay all day. You're not a company man. What is a company man? We can, it's not our fault you have three boys. It's not our fault you got children. We want to consume you. Tim reminds me, I used to say to him, how long will pg and own you? Because we, as, as a board member... Being a part of the elders and and deacons, uh, many a nights, I remember about 7.30, he would drag into an elders' meeting, trench coat on, soaking wet, had gone on Bart in the morning at 5.30, got out of the city, got home by around 7.30, and then we want him to sit right down, and would you give us a prayerful decision? you got to be kidding. You need a hot cup of coffee and a bath? And he needed to faint. He didn't need another church activity. And I used to wonder, will God ever set him free? Same with Edwin. We got men in this church. Here's another thing. Volunteerism in the church. You know where much of it has gone? By the time a guy gets his job and gets three kids in sports, there's nothing left to volunteer for. I got to have my kids in hockey, you know, let's say polo. We've got to do that. I've got to have a kid in ball team. I want my kids to excel. And, and, boom. and what time did you get home? 6.30? What do you mean? Well, we'll grab maybe 20 minutes worth of fast food. Hit the road. And now, watch. In this home that you did not have in the biblical world. In this home, I want you to get the feel of what it's like to be an American. An American home. And even guys like me, we did not grow up with this. Now when I'm talking to a child, maybe grandchild, they're texting while I'm talking. What? You're texting? I'm talking to you. I know, but you're boring the daylights out of me. (laughs) And then, oh, uh, not just TV, of which... The old statistics would say a person saw about 20,000 hours of TV by the time they uh, left home. Well, oh, kids aren't watching TVs. Oh, what about video? What about computers? What about cell phones? All of this is bringing whose message? God's message or the world's? So the brainwars is constant. Because you've got to have an iPhone, and it starts out this way. I want my kids to feel safe. Well, you just gave them an instrument that gives them an automatic entrance to pornography. You just gave them an entrance to all kinds of trash. Oh, well, they can turn it off. Yeah, they can turn it on. Do you think at 15 I'm going to tell my dad I'm looking at naked women? No, 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 no. No, I was smart enough to survive. See, a Playboy was a bonus vacation. Now i got it right here. Let's quit being naive and stupid. I hear people say, well... I I, I hear them knock Christian schools. Well, I don't want my kid to... I don't want them to be isolated from the world. Don't worry, honey. There's no possibility. The world is penetrated on every front. I heard William Bennett give a line that I preached on. and I've not forgotten that he said... All we're doing with kids today is feeding and clothing. The culture has already kidnapped their soul. It's already stolen their values. They don't have the values of your home necessarily. They have the values of their college, of their peers, of their friends, whatever. So, listen to what Ephesians says. Chapter 6. Children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And all the parents said, Amen. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Amen. That it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Right out of Exodus and Deuteronomy. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Do not provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Turn over to Colossians, if you will. I don't know what I am doing. It's making it do that. Uh, Colossians 3.21 Fathers, do not provoke your children to lest they become discouraged. I want to just consider three things of what I think makes up a godly father to carry out this. It says very little about it in the New Testament because you've got Deuteronomy, you've got Proverbs, uh, they've got all this other sacred scripture. I would say three things that uh, really characterizes a godly father. Number one, the man's heart has been captured by God. He's not just affiliated with the church and he doesn't just drive down here and drop his kids off. God has actually captured his heart. That's number one. Two, uh, he's one who is affectionate about the children God gave him. He doesn't raise his children on this phrase. I can't wait till you leave home. I can't wait till you get out of here. We'll have one less mouth to feed. Your home has an environment that tells your kids you're either welcome, it's good to be there, or it's we can't wait till you get out. Uh, And thirdly, uh, a dad is voted in to be a teacher. He's got to be a teacher. He cannot be passive. Uh, You bring home A little barbarian from the hospital. They don't know Christ. Uh, They have an eternal destiny. And the first evangelist in their life ought to be you and mom. Lois and Eunice led Timothy to the Lord. Lois and Eunice taught him the scriptures. And by the way, women do the majority of the shaping of most children. The women The man's out in the workplace, whatever. But these women, through history, have been the lifesaver. What's that line? Whoever rocks the cradle, what is it? Rules the world. And so, we want to ask ourselves, what does a man with a heart for God look like? And we go to the classic, often used passage of Deuteronomy 6 we'll briefly look at it, turn with me Deuteronomy 6 the reason it's so important is Israel is getting ready to go into Canaan, there's no schools, no synagogue no central place of worship, there's nothing but paganism gross immorality idolatry, the environment is totally opposed to everything uh, that this people of God are to represent. And so the issue is, how how can we survive our environment? How can we survive the culture we've been planted into? So, listen to what he says. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is a godly man. He takes God seriously and his heart is engaged. Now the struggle we have in our youth groups, many of our kids don't come from godly homes. Gabe Lopez and Manny They're the only maybe Christian men that some of our young people know. And we can have behavior problems, rowdiness. Can they show up? Because they've never seen the template. They don't know what normal is. They don't know what it looks like. But here he's telling this man that's been delivered from Egypt. You, you must be sure your heart is attuned to God. That he's the one, you're undivided in your heart. And these words, I command you to be on your heart. What do you do with them? Now, there's the biggest trick, is getting men not to be passive in church, not to be affiliated, but not in the army, and watch our youth group, and watch our church, you're not doing enough for my kid, we can't replace you. What are you doing? What are you doing? What if we got the worst youth group in the county? So what? You're still dad, aren't you? You're, you're feeding them, you're setting rules, you're at the table nightly, they watch how you treat your wife. You have been voted in the teacher of the year. What are you teaching? What are you modeling? Man, I grew up with small youth groups. I grew up in small churches. If it wasn't for my cousins, I wouldn't hardly have anyone to go to church with. That was my age. Small. I mean, we're talking about five to ten kids. Woo, that's what made me was those youth groups. You've got to be kidding. What the church was doing was minor compared to the impact of the home. Rich Rollins, his, one of his favorite lines here, he said, we're trying to turn the tide and we can't get the, hope, the home to help us. We're looking at the church. The church is losing them. The church is losing them. You are losing them. They're your kids. They're your children. And it doesn't necessarily mean they'll be saved. But what will they get since God appointed you their parents? Dad, what do you love most? The NFL or God? You know how we know what you love? You talk about it. You talk about what you love. And if in your home it's nothing but TV, interference, this, that, shut up, the game's on, this is on, what permeates your home? Watch what he says to do here. It's so um, normal, so, um, it actually looks like it's just natural. These words, I command you, Get them on your heart. And when you get them in your heart, teach them diligently to your children. Oh, I'm not a teacher. I'm a carpenter. Doesn't matter what your vocation is. This is your boy. This is your girl. You teach your children. And talk of them when you sit in your house. Turn off the TV and have a family conversation. Eat dinner together. Talk life in your house. And when you uh, walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise, when you go to bed, when you get up, when you go to the store, when you take them to school, God is on the agenda. You don't pluck him in every Sunday. And you don't have fried preacher for lunch. If you're always down in the church or you don't like some, please don't do it around your kids. Spare them your messed up heart. Spare them. It's hard for them to get excited about something making you miserable. You can't hide it. I don't like the church. I don't like this. Wow. Can't you give them a break? When you walk, don't talk about the church. They didn't even have a church. Talk about the Word of God. Talk. You find anything wrong with the Word of God? How about talking that? You don't have to brainwash them on Valley. We're just another weak, feeble church trying to stay alive in a pagan culture. Just like your home. Huh? Okay. Then he says, so it seems to be... Uh, you know I think many people do we do family devotions you know you don't you watch TV you take in other media but here no phones no interruption and then he says you should publish the word of God in your house it'll be seen Uh, this seems so far-fetched this is 1445 BC but you know what Jews still exist on the earth And they still observe holy holidays. They still have kept their traditions. They still know something about Abraham. They've survived all the years of Gentile anti-Semitism. And they still exist as a people. It is a miracle of divine preservation. I just came back being with a group in Chicago. Jews all over the place. They should have been liquidated by the treatment of the Gentiles. But they still study Torah. They still know the law. And it's, they've survived not by the school system, but by the home. You have to ask yourself, will any of my posterity know God? The first thing you do when you come home is start evangelizing your child. And I think what you do as soon as you can is you are a sinner and you need a Savior. I wouldn't trust anybody else to do that if I wasn't doing it, right? I always wanted to be there when my kids got saved, but God removed me as a hindrance. I got saved always with somebody else. A daughter got saved in a, a club, neighborhood club. My daughter Rebecca was saved with Leanne Williams on a Tuesday night Bible study. Elizabeth accepted Christ on her patio with her mother. I didn't get credit for any of it. Just save them, Lord. Save them. Now, uh, in that, he goes to 1 Thessalonians, and he uses a beautiful thing that he describes his love for the Thessalonians. And he compares it two ways. I was as gentle with you as a nursing mother, chapter 2. And I engaged with you like a caring father. And the caring father was, I exhorted you and I encouraged you. Now, that's interesting. When I ask people, how much encouragement did your father give you in the home? Or did he keep calling you a dummy and that you'd never mount anything? Or did he keep kind of pushing you off? The home is to be the great coaching center that you can face life. You can make it. And we're here to coach you. We're here to help underwrite you every way we can. And so you see in the Thessalonians, we were among you. We were affectionate towards you. And I would say a godly father ought to reflect the love of God the Father towards his offspring. I mean, uh, I don't know where this concept... uh, I know when we look at family pictures, when you go back to um, all the early 1900s, 1800s, wow, those people look bleak. You look at them hard times, uh, no showers, eking uh, out a living on barren farms sometimes, uh, living in shanty houses almost, no insulation, cold winters. I mean, it was survival, survival. And then you start moving up, you know, about 60s, they start looking better, start looking better times are getting a little bit easier, a little bit easier. But out of that came an austerity, it seemed to me like, among men especially, that it was tough. You got to be tough. You got to keep a stiff uh, upper lip. Boy, don't cave in. You can make it. Don't show emotion. And it was all a part of that male identity. In a way, there's something a little bit better than that, and today for us not to know what you are male or female unisex lose identity but shouldn't one of the identities of a man be in the tender way he treats his children over anyone else
1: and this is truth for today the radio ministry of valley bible church here in hercules and our teacher and pastor Our phone number is 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail. Or, better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855 833